Bella's Lullaby, the most beautiful a song on the soundtrack is playing. The like, you know it, you love it. You listen to it when you're studying, when you're meditating, <laughs> when you're, you know, having an emo day. Don't Hell pretend yeah. you don't. Do, 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 banger <laughs> hey everybody well hello welcome to please bless this podcast this is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things mormon and pop culture and sometimes vampire reproduction Woo! yes i'm elisa i'm katie and today we are wrapping up our discussion of the twilight saga with eclipse and breaking dawn baby Parts one and two. We should say, before we launch into this, if you have not listened to our last episode, you should go back and listen to it because we talk about Twilight and New Moon and we give a bunch of context about Stephanie Meyer, her Mormon background, her intense Mormon beliefs and persona, and all of that is framing the discussion today for sure. For sure. But we're mostly just talking about some excellent movies we had the pleasure of watching yes yes oh my gosh again like we said last week we are approaching this as true fans yes yeah if you're looking for twilight slander this is not the place i was just finishing up breaking down part two last night and i got to the battle scene and i was like floating i was so happy yeah. Seriously, <laughs> I like fully uh, astral project every time I watch that yeah. part. It's so good. That scene is a cultural reset. Oof, yeah, it's uh, I will never forget being in the audience in the movie theater, seeing that scene for the first time. It blew me away. We have to talk about that more when we get to it, because for sure, it was a surprise. The people who know, yes. know. If you know, you know, but we'll get We're getting there. ahead of ourselves. Yeah. First, we'll start with the redheaded stepchild of the bunch. Yes. Eclipse. The low point in the franchise, Eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately getting into that movie, I'm like, oh, I forgot how bad this one is. Mm -hmm. It's it's painful. Just... We start out with the scene where Riley, Victoria's yeah. lackey, gets turned Yes. And I don't have a whole lot to say about it, except that it's supposed to be set in Seattle and it is the most vicious rainstorm I've ever seen. And our listeners may not know, we grew up in Seattle. Yeah. And that's not Seattle weather. No, it's not. It's not even Forks weather. No. It's insane. It's like Gotham, Seattle. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's a caricature of Seattle. No one in the writer's room was from Seattle and it shows. No, clearly. They, they've overdone it. Seattle is overcast, mm -hmm. moist. Moist, drizzly, gray, but this like pounding. No. Incessant. There's like this consistent light rain. Yeah. Uh, during a certain time of the year. Right. It's not always anyway. We could go. It's not on. like booming rainstorms. Yeah. I can't believe Never. how much time we're spending on this, but look they just got it wrong it's kind of irritating like it <clears throat> never rains that hard can i say too there are a couple of scenes throughout the franchise that make it seem like seattle and forks are pretty close together like forks so is like a away. suburb of seattle no i looked it up last night just to be sure forks is at least 
three and a half hours and that includes a ferry ride a long ferry ride so it's more than that because you're gonna have to wait for the ferry you're gonna have to wait to get off it's four plus hours away yes you feel like you should stay the night yes yeah when Bella's like I'm just gonna pop over to Seattle for a minute I'm like this is ridiculous no come on you do not you do not pop over i have been to forks though you have yeah i went on a little forks pilgrimage with a couple of my friends in like 2008 and i gotta say it was it was something yeah i would it took a long time to get there yeah it's a whole thing i would love to go i've never had any reason to go like never no like fun girls trip has ever come up for me Mm -hmm. but i've spent a lot of time in that area for sure yeah that region yeah we went to la push we saw bella's high school i mean it's all there it all exists that's pretty cute it was pretty cute anyway i love how we're like we're true fans we will not slander and we've just spent the first five minutes being like get it right i mean and i think i'm pretty much mostly gonna talk shit about eclipse like there's not a lot of redeeming qualities like you have to watch it and it's funny Mm -hmm. and there is that cult value because there's a lot of funny moments like there are throughout but it's camp it's very camp, but it's also boring. Riley and the newborn army in Victoria. It's boring. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. It should have been wrapped up in New Moon. We should yep. be moving on. The fact that they recast Victoria in yeah. New Moon. So, you know, they have one actress playing her in Twilight. They bring in Bryce Dallas Howard in New yeah. Moon. Though Bryce Dallas Howard, I don't even know if she has a single line no, in New she Moon. Doesn't she speak. just runs through the woods. In Eclipse, she has maybe six lines. Yeah. And no character development. Like, it's just, why? Why the recast? What was the point? I don't know. Why is she still here at all? Yeah. It's definitely a case of Stephanie Meyer getting the movie deal with the book deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she was really like pumping out content. Mm-hmm. And she definitely could have done a better job with this portion of the story. It's yeah. just boring it goes on developing victoria's motivations and also there are some real holes like all of a sudden in eclipse victoria is this looming imminent threat but in new moon bella had been abandoned by the collins why didn't victoria strike then right and they had been so comfortable leaving her with the werewolves it just doesn't add up what did i say about this movie oh (laughs) eclipse already infinitely hornier than new moon (laughs) I think it's when we first see Bella and Edward, they're laying in the meadow, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the meadow, the meadow, capital T, capital M. <laughs> yeah. And they are just talking this close to each other the whole time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we jump straight into the marry me, change me debate. Edward Ugh. is like, marry me. And Bella's like, no, I just want to have sex with you and yeah. become a vampire and be linked to forever but marriage what (laughs) yeah i'm 18 yeah it's giving 18 year old who got pregnant before her boyfriend could go on his mission so they have to get married Mm. which is the talk of the town when they do eventually get married 
yes anna kendrick's character is like do you think she'll be showing she's mm-hmm. such a bitch she's so terrible she's not anna kendrick just playing herself true i feel like in <clears throat> eclipse both edward and jacob are on terrible behavior throughout yeah edward being possessive obviously and jacob is just uh crossing so many boundaries and yeah like assaulting bella kissing mm-hmm. her against her will <laughs> Yeah, like he wants her to actually want to kiss him, and so at one mm-hmm. point she says, "I want you to kiss me," in order to like get what she wants from him. Yeah. Like it's so gross. It's dicey. There's a scene early on where Jacob finds out that Bella's gonna turn into a vampire after graduation because that's the plan at that point, right? The Volturi are coming any day. Got to turn her. Mm-hmm. And he freaks out. He's like, I didn't know it was so soon. And then he says, like, it'd be better if you were dead than if you became a vampire. And to me, that had big Mormon energy. Yeah. Mormons love to say it'd be better if you were dead than X, Y, Z. Then that you were gay. Then that you had sex. Then that you left the church. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie Meyer has heard that in her life. Yeah. Speaking of Mormon energy, Eclipse is just this like transition movie between Edward kind of finally agreeing to turn Bella and then it actually happening. Mm -hmm. And it's just that this in between time. So Bella is getting what she wants. And yet Eclipse is so emo. And it's her just like, going on this goodbye tour being so sad about how she's not going to see her mom anymore she's not going to go to college anymore she's not going to see charlie anymore and it's like you begged for this you manipulated for this you did everything you could to get this and now we're just supposed to be like oh how sad and as the viewer you feel conflicted because like obviously as viewers we're rational mortal beings Mm -hmm. and we we feel like oh i would feel very conflicted about never being able to see my family again like Mm -hmm. that would probably trump my relationship with my boyfriend sure you know i had a similar thought though when she ends up going through with it like she has renesme she turns into a vampire and then it's like well we have to tell charlie you're dead Mm -hmm. and it's just like you really are okay with this yeah (laughs) you really didn't think this through and this is what has the big mormon energy for me about all of this is like she's sad about it but she's also like yeah i'll just never see my mom again yeah i'll just never see charlie again and there is this kind of mormonness to that like you have this higher cause right Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna be eternally linked yeah to this person this group and so that means you know i gotta cut the fat here right i'm creating my own eternal family yeah and we're gonna be in the celestial kingdom and these folks can't make it so bye-bye i'll never see you again too bad love you but yeah there's nothing i can do about it nah you Mm -hmm. make me feel like some kind of villain trying to steal your virtue bella says Mm. to edward so edward's a virgin (laughs) yeah and To be clear, so he's lived with Carlisle and lived the way of Prophet Carlisle for this whole time or Mm -hmm. most of this time for over 100 years, meaning that he's a vegetarian. He only eats animals and he doesn't or only animal blood. He doesn't drink human blood. But we find out he does. He did at one point pursue like a regular vampire life because he grew to resent Carlisle. So 
Edward would sooner drink human blood and kill human men than have have sex sex with a woman. Ooh! Way to connect that. Yeah. Big Mormon energy. Big Mormon energy. Was that in this movie or do we find that out? That's That's in Breaking Breaking Down Down. Okay, we'll move on. That is a very funny part of that. But Katie, whoa, I got chills when you that up. Homeboy is so afraid of sex yes he's so afraid what of sex. what is going on and he and bella have a conversation the night that they have like the house to themselves and they're rolling around in this bed and she tries to start taking their clothes off and he's like whoa 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 stop and he says to her he doesn't want to have sex with her to protect her soul yeah He's like, my soul's already lost, but I'm going to do whatever I can to protect yours. Oof. So Again. we're talking this, the fate of her soul here when we're talking about them having sex. Oof. Whatever. <sighs> Always bugged it's the hell lot. out of me. Even as a teenager reading these books, I, I remember just being like, Ugh. way <laughs> to just like infantilize women. Yeah. And like having Mormon women in my life who are like, isn't it great? Really, you know, thinking Edward was just this wonderful male character and i was just like whatever nobody wants that i talked to a good friend of mine about this she grew up baptist Mm. and when i told her we were doing a couple episodes about the twilight saga she was like oh i loved those as a kid growing up baptist you know i loved that it they were books that celebrated the rewards of waiting (laughs) that was the phrase she used which i loved i was like can i please steal the rewards of waiting and so it's not just mormons obviously who have these ideas about purity and sex and your soul but one thing this friend of mine has told me before that i love that makes me feel linked to her as a mormon she said that growing up when she would want to like read things, watch things, do things that her parents thought were not like in keeping with their faith, her mom would say, what if Jesus comes back while you're doing that? So my friend's like big memory of that is she wanted to like see this rated R movie and her mom was like, what if Jesus walks into the theater? See, and to me, I just had such a different mind as a teenager. I would have been like, oh, well, I don't think Jesus would care. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, of all the things going on in the world, the R-rated movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> That's funny, because to me, I would have been like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I cannot be at this movie when Jesus comes back. He See, will be to me, so mad at me. I was much more motivated by what my parents thought. Mm-hmm. you know so it's like what if your mom was in the room would you say that sure. if your mom was in the room it's like yeah. no of course not but yeah um edward's a virgin so bella's engagement ring <gasps> the party city engagement ring it's a little over the top i gotta it's say hideous i guess that stephanie meyer has explained i mean maybe she explains it in the book or describes it in the book i should say but she's at least described it elsewhere and it's supposed to be like an oval shaped victorian era engagement ring and so this person on tiktok did like a what we could have had versus what we got you mm-hmm. know and there are like all these beautiful examples of like actual rings that like actually fit the idea yeah um that stephanie meyer had in her head but instead we get this weird little like rhinestone looking costume jewelry yeah it's hideous it's it's odd i will say some mormony stuff in this 
movie that I was thinking about with like women and women's roles. So we get the Quileute legend about the vampires attacking the tribe and the tribesmen turning into wolves. The vampires are about to destroy the whole tribe and the chief's wife kills herself Mm -hmm. and her blood distracts the vampires so that they can be defeated. Yeah. So women can play a role here they can literally kill themselves (laughs) yeah for the men in their lives isn't that inspiring yeah and what is it with that throughout bella talking about to die for the person you love and it's like why is it coming to that you're 18 years old well, it's coming to that because Stephanie Meyer believes that that's what love is. Yeah, it's true. Again, in our previous episode, we read a pretty chilling quote from her about how like love is hurting yourself before you'd hurt someone else. I mean, yikes. What? It's coming through. Yeah. Um, also, in the womanhood realm of this story, we get a little insight into why Rosalie hates Bella so much. Oh, yeah. And it's because Bella is giving up the possibility of being a mother by becoming a vampire yeah it's a little (laughs) heavy-handed right what you know poor rose she had a really tough go that's what i love about breaking dawn the breaking dawns how we get some backstory Mm -hmm. of these folks i feel like that is what we desperately needed in eclipse for victoria like why can't we know a single right gosh darn fact about this person a little backstory give her a couple lines for crying out loud you know but then yeah they make up for it in breaking down there's a lot of fun little they really do winding out eclipse we have a battle between the newborn army the colons and the wolves Mm -hmm. i have to tell you i found it so boring that i spent that entire quarter of the movie just looking up relationship timelines of Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson Mm -hmm. to remind myself of when they dated the cheating scandal where Kristen Stewart got caught cheating yes how they broke up got back together right before the press tour for Breaking Dawn 2 so they were together again when they were like going to all those premieres and then broke up again pretty much right after so messy i love how messy they are wild i hope it was real yeah me too i want that for them so that's eclipse that's eclipse it was bad a dud you can pretty much skip it Mm -hmm. but then we get into breaking dawn now i brought my old humongous hardcover copy of breaking dawn just because later i want to read a little something from it you have to i don't know if you remember your first impressions of this book but i remember being like this is so long it is like 800 pages or something it's insanely long and uh not the best no it's not very good maybe in line with how good the first part of the movies go like you know Mm -hmm. breaking down part one is okay Mm -hmm. um breaking down part two is excellent yeah but i think a big part of that is the changes that the producers and the director made and the and the writers i mean they literally changed some things that make it so much better and so much more interesting right (laughs) when you look at the entirety of breaking dawn um this is pretty much breaking down part one yeah and this is pretty much breaking down part two. Yeah. 
So like in the actual book, nothing happens. That's no. kind of the whole point no, of the end of it, Breaking Dawn. Right. It builds up to something that doesn't happen. I know. But in the movie, they really, the they movie. give it to you. They give but it again, to you. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about the first one. I was going to mention something. I watched the extended editions of Eclipse and Breaking Dawn Part 1. Same. I couldn't find Breaking Dawn Part 2 extended, Same. unfortunately. But one thing I noticed, and this might be in the regular cut, but I noticed uh, in one of the one of the first scenes, maybe the first scene, they're panning over Jacob Black's house, and it's like covered in tarps that are mm-hmm. held down by dumbbells, like looking like totally dilapidated, and like he lives in a shed. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of a lot. I thought that yeah, was a really interesting, a little weird, a little bit of an interesting choice. I didn't love that. Yep. Um. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Everybody is CGI'd. I don't know how you couldn't possibly pick up on that, but that was. Luke walked in the room at one point and was like, "Why is everything CGI?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't know. It's I'd never noticed that before." The beginning of Breaking Down Part One is Bella and Edward's wedding, and I yeah. wrote, "Are they getting married by a Mormon bishop?" <laughs> because I, I think they are. They probably are. <laughs> Though, can I speak as someone who was married by a Mormon bishop? Please. Let me tell you why they weren't. Because (laughs) it seemed like they basically just walked up and did their vows, just like a vow ceremony and exchanged rings and had a big makeout session. It was disgusting. Yes. I put in my notes, people who make out at the altar should be fined. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. it's disgusting it's anyway, disrespectful it's super disrespectful <laughs> but from my experience having been married by a bishop you like don't have any say in the ceremony mm-hmm. they just have to say whatever they're gonna say and then I guess you could give some feedback in terms of like if they're gonna share an additional message which I think they're always supposed to mm-hmm. um which in my case I didn't I expected them to just like keep it really brief but instead he like went on a little bit of a a little bit of a rant a little sermon about the age of the earth is what i remember yeah i actually talked to a mormon bishop once about um what they're the kind of leeway they have with performing marriage ceremonies and he told me that technically you're supposed to only marry people in the church and like in a mormon church yeah. And you have to say some specific things. Like you have to specifically call out this marriage is for this life only. And like a few other things. Like you can't deviate from some of that. Mm-hmm. Which was great. Which is pretty, pretty bitchy, pretty petty. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> um, I know. In retrospect, there's a lot of things I would have changed about my wedding, which unsurprising when you get married at 20 that you would then look back 10 years later with some sure. regret. Sure. But yeah, that's uh, near the top of the list. Talking about coming from the rib of Adam. And, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway. when, we, when we got married, so I got married uh, more, more recently and fully post-Mormon, no Mormon affiliation to the wedding. And we met with our officiant a couple of times beforehand a woman like not affiliated with any specific church but who had like a script she typically used and she let us read through it and make comments i was like look i just don't want any references to how long 
our marriages because she had some language about like for the rest of your life this and this and I was like that's nice but you have to understand in my culture that's like a dig yeah so the rest of your life is nothing compared to what the Mormons think they're getting so like can we just not just don't make any temporal time-based references and she was like okay you got it got it yeah that's so nice it was nice she did mispronounce my name during the wedding ceremony so like not a perfect story but she sure did let's not get carried away and your lovely husband corrected her yes called it out in the moment was like no yeah stop the wedding (laughs) something tells me it won't be the only time he corrects someone Uh anyway Bella and Edward get married. The speeches are inane, like ridiculous. Totally. I'm like, does anybody know each other here? They're just like rambling nonsense. And it's like out of character. Like I can, you can tell they're trying to be funny. Like they were trying to come up with like funny things, but it's just like. Yeah. Bella's dress is almost a perfect Mormon wedding dress. If the neckline were adjusted a little bit and the back wasn't sheer like a big peekaboo sheer back Mm -hmm. but otherwise great long sleeves Mm -hmm. you could wear that in the temple baby you could wear that in the temple so they get married they go on a honeymoon and the honeymoon is where shit gets real yeah (laughs) finally all this build up right to them finally having sex and we're there it's happening let's talk about the book version first oh tell me so i had vague memories of the sex scene in the book because there's so much buildup you've read so many pages it's all about getting to this point where they finally consummate seal the deal and i remember being like wait it was nothing there was nothing Mm. but it's even worse than i remembered not only is it nothing it's very preachy uh breaking dawn page 83 we're already at the sex scene this is bella i was freaking out because i had no idea how to do this and i was afraid to walk out of this room and face the unknown especially in french lingerie because alice packs are all this french lingerie Mm. right right i knew i wasn't ready for that yet This felt exactly like having to walk out in front of a theater full of thousands with no idea what my lines were. How did people do this? Swallow all their fears and trust someone else so implicitly with every imperfection and fear they had with less than the absolute commitment Edward had given to me. Wow. What? (laughs) That's so funny coming from her too because Mm -hmm. she's been like asking for it. Yeah. How could you possibly have sex with someone before you have committed all of eternity to them? Wow. I don't know. I don't know. Weren't Edward out there? If I didn't know in every cell of my body that he loved me as much as I loved him unconditionally and irrevocably, and to be honest, irrationally, I'd never be able to get up off this floor. But it was Edward out there. So I whispered the words, don't be a coward under my breath, and scrambled to my feet. So she goes out, they meet up, yada, yada. Not a whole lot happens. They're just bopping around. And then it gets to the moment. This is it. <laughs> I promised we would try, he whispered, suddenly tense. If, if I do something wrong, if I hurt you, you must tell me at once. I nodded solemnly, keeping my eyes on his. I took another step through the waves and leaned my head against his chest. Don't be afraid, I murmured. 
we belong together. I was abruptly overwhelmed by the truth of my own words. The moment was so perfect, so right. There was no way to doubt it. His arms wrapped around me, holding me against him, summer and winter. I felt like every nerve ending in my body was a live wire. Forever, he agreed, and then pulled us gently into deeper water. That's it. Do they have sex in the water? That's it. <laughs> He wakes up the next morning in the bed and it's all jacked up because they had wild sex, but we don't hear anything about it, learning, we know nothing. The only other reference we get, a couple of pages later, she says, it had all been simpler than I'd expected. We'd fit together like corresponding pieces made to match up. This had given me a great satisfaction. We were compatible physically as well as all the other ways. Fire and ice somehow existing together without destroying each other. More proof that I belong with him. That why does it kind of sound like a grandma wrote it? <laughs> I know, honestly, the like we fit together. I was like, mom, we fit together. Mom? It, I know it is like a mom thing. <laughs> it's so bad. Are you are you embarrassed? Are you blushing? Because I'm, I'm a little so embarrassed. embarrassed. I know. <laughs> I know it it makes me think of my mom I'm sure a lot of people can relate it's so cringy and like how did millions of readers who had been anticipating this moment not just rise up at the disappointment that that sex scene is I know we'd like give us a little is it really too much does not exist crazy huh well good for them and honestly in the movie it's not like we get that much more we get like a couple little glimpses of them like in an intense embrace it's pretty clear they're not clothed but we're not like really seeing a sex scene no and look i don't need to i'm not i'm not looking for bella and edward porn here i'm just saying if the whole crux of this franchise is the coming together of these two people yeah you gotta have something it's um it's sacred elisa it's about the rewards of waiting wow so they have sex and then very quickly afterward bella gets sick while she's eating some chicken and realizes she's late for her period and realizes she's pregnant and there's a terrible scene where she's standing in front of a mirror with edward and she's rubbing her completely flat stomach and and edward's looking like in terror like oh my gosh i can't believe you have a (laughs) child in there it's so you you can so clearly tell that there's a child in there it's horrifying (laughs) and yeah so she has this fast growing mystery yeah uh, monster child growing inside of her gets pregnant the first time she has sex in case you thought you could have sex without consequences yeah Stephanie Meyer wants you to know you're wrong. You better be married. Yeah. And even then, be ready. Yeah. So they rush back home. This fetus is growing so fast. And it's like starving Bella, breaking her ribs. Like her life is threatened. Carlisle's like, your heart's going to give out before you can even deliver at this rate. This is not a viable pregnancy. And Bella's just like, I don't care. I'm going to die for this baby. Right. Or I'm strong enough. Yeah. Which 
but there definitely seems to be a point of acceptance by her that like she will not survive this like she's saying to edward like you take care of the baby i'm so sorry i'll be gone and feminist critics have rightfully come for this book as extremely anti-abortion extremely anti-choice yeah and i think that that's a fair critique absolutely however bella survives she does she does i mean she dies she She survives as a vampire yes she um you know in the 11th hour is turned into a vampire by edward just in time to save her body Mm. for its eternal purpose yep but yeah still this baby very much a mystery very much is this gonna be like a literal monster we don't really know we what we do know is that they're talking about names Mm. (laughs) and they are talking about if it's a girl they're gonna combine the mother's names esme and renee and i wrote i remember reading in the book using the names of edward and bella's moms oh esme renee and then page turn renesme yeah renesme renesme that's the true horror of this whole saga but giving your kids absurd names extremely mormon extremely yeah funky weird made up combining two names into one Mm -hmm. it's cute what are the weirdest mormon names you know bobette Um, (laughs) is that real is that not just the thing dad would say no 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 it's a real name um gosh why am i blanking I can only think of like using like general authorities surnames as first names. Mm-hmm. McKay. Like, McKay. Right. Or Inkley. like, you know, scripture names like, you know, Ammon or Tiancum. Yeah, Tiancum. That's hardcore. Or there's like the Frankensteiny names that are like four names pushed together, like McKinsley. Sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. Using Y instead of I. And traditional names e-i-g-h yes at the end like it let's just really make it complicated yeah yeah That's so renesme sure sure i've seen worse yutana sure. that's a good one so we can't wrap up breaking down part one without also mentioning jacob's role in all of this so at the very end of the movie Bella is transitioning into a vampire. She's down for the count. Yeah. Renesme is alive. She's in Rosalie's arms. Jacob thinks Bella is dead. He thinks Renesme is a monster. He's like, as one of the wolf leaders, it's my job to kill this baby. Yeah. So he stalks into the house, presumably to murder a baby. <laughs> they lock eyes with each other. And he is in love. Yeah. He, he has imprinted on, on a baby. A brand new baby. This full grown man and this tiny little baby. I have to say, you are slipping into your Warren Jeff's voice every now and then. <laughs> tiny little baby. That was a very Warren yeah. Jeff's voice moment. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just become second nature for me yeah um so (laughs) what that means for those who aren't uh you know up to speed on all the on all the wolf lingo um to imprint is a special werewolf 
a thing where they meet somebody and they are just loyal to them uh like a dog mm-hmm. you know isn't that something and love them above anybody else like would do anything for them absolutely would die for them can't be apart from them mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and apparently but but it seems that at one point it will become that yeah at Which, the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2, Alice has a vision, right? right? Where she sees grown-up Renesmee and Jacob, and they're cozy. They look romantically entwined. And then Jacob says to Edward, should I start calling you dad now? And uh, what if Renesmee's not into it? Right, like she has no choice? What then? I just don't know how Stephanie Meyer's editors didn't get their first draft of this and go, no, we're not doing that. Right. Bad he can move. be like a third, like another parent. Yeah. Or something. This is going to overshadow almost everything else. Yeah. It's a lot to, uh, to digest. And what then what if Renesmee does fall in love with him? she's an eternal being yeah is she gonna turn jacob into a vampire because she does have that power in the books it talks about how the werewolves age differently so jacob will be young longer i think it may be that as long as there are vampires present in the area he can't age he'll just be frozen as he is i could be wrong about that okay if a listener wants to correct me i'm very open to it yeah twilight experts chime in yeah but i think that's the loophole that stephanie Meyer creates is they're just gonna be young forever great but it's creepy man it's messed up so creepy and like at what point is he gonna become attracted to her you know Mm -hmm. and edward can read his mind gross 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 they give me the creeps don't like it don't like it don't want to hear about it so end of breaking dawn part one jacob imprints bella is like basically dead might as well be dead on Mm -hmm. the like operating table and edward's just biting her all over like corn on the cob just trying Mm -hmm. to you know just trying to turn her into a vampire and um and we get a window into bella's mind and bella's lullaby the most beautiful song on the soundtrack is playing the like you know it you love it you listen to it when you're studying when you're meditating when you're you know having an emo day don't pretend you don't do 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 banger beautiful but anyway so yeah she's got all these you know synapses firing inside of her and then it like pans out and uh you know she's getting all beautiful you can like mm-hmm. see her hair is like getting beautifuler and then suddenly there's beautiful makeup hair. on her face that wasn't there before uh-huh. and then uh, poof, her eyes fly open and they're red blood red, red. end, end the of movie. film great end i'll give him that and then we jump straight into the beginning of breaking dawn 2 which picks up in that exact moment yes bella is awake she's a vampire she's looking around she has like supervision now she can see all the like grains in the carpet all the you know particles in the air she's just <laughs> super super woman she now. is tuned in man yeah, yeah. 
Yep. And she's extra strong. So she gets up, she hugs Edward, and he's like, oh, oh you're so strong. You're going to crush me. Yeah. The tables have turned. Yeah. And what a thrill. I remember seeing that in theaters and just being like, ah, like maybe even more so. I mean, more so than when the first time they had sex, because like whatever, whatever a sex mm-hmm. scene, but like Bella is a vampire. Yeah. Now. We it's have major. been waiting. It's so major. And we have um, been waiting. And yet also, it's a little disappointing because Bella's vampire superpower, we come <laughs> to find out is that yeah. she has a lot of self-control. <laughs> yeah. So she has a she's lot of self-control. Not, she's not a super vicious, super violent, super like unhinged vampire. She's basically like herself. Who does need some amount of blood mm-hmm. in order to be comfortable. But like they go on their first hunt right when she wakes up. And obviously this is a big deal. They're like, Mm -hmm. we got to get you out hunting right now. And they go out and they're, you know, chasing a deer or whatever. And then she gets a whiff of this rock climber, Mm -hmm. this mountain climber. And she just like takes off um, after this mountain climber, which is like hilarious. I love that moment. I think it's so funny. Just the like insane, like CG of them, like running through the woods is hysterical. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. I like, it gets my heart rate going whenever I watch it. I think it's so funny, but Edward is able to stop her before she kills this mountain climber. And he's shocked because that is just not how it would have gone with anybody he's ever known. Like right. the first hunt of a newborn the first probably thousand hunts for a newborn or of a newborn i mean they're just completely out of control like yeah. desperate but I mean, she's able to stop herself and she goes and she kills a mountain lion or whatever good for bella good for bella but it does evolve into something a little bit beyond just self-control it's a, a shield because she yes. has the ability to be a shield bella is which, a human shield yeah <laughs> uh so uh more self-sacrifice uh good stuff very cool truly her superpower is to be a martyr yeah what a good (sighs) woman what a good woman in these early scenes of breaking down part two where bella's a vampire like things should be popping right it's exciting i i was so bored by the Collins and Bella like they're Mm -hmm. just always standing around Edward's playing a tune on the piano everybody's standing in their little pairs just staring at each other I'm like go out and fuck some shit up you guys I know the most powerful people in the world I want to see her uproot a really old tree yes I want to see her pick up a house I mean Go freak out me. Jessica, you know, like yeah, that would get be back awesome. at her for all of her shenanigans. Oh, do something. The worst. Yeah, but it's true. There's a lot of sauntering around. Oh, she's also able to see Charlie again. She just has all the self-control. So, like, all these consequences of becoming a vampire turn out to be moot. It just seems like okay, nothing's left to happen. Like the story's pretty much over, which in the book it basically is yeah until mm-hmm. cgi renes may arena one of their like um sort of vampire pals relatives 
yeah comes to town to visit and to make peace with them because she hates the wolves she's mad at them for being friends with wolves whatever whatever Irina sees CGI Renesmee leaping up into the air to catch a snowflake in her hand and she's like oh my gosh the Cullens have created an immortal child which is against vampire laws. Mm-hmm. An immortal child is like a child who a vampire bites and turns into a vampire. But since they're a child, they have no impulse control or whatever, I guess. Right. They're totally out of control. Yeah. And so they just like slaughter humans and draw attention to the vampires and can't be controlled. So Irina, whose own mother was killed for breaking this law of creating immortal mm-hmm. children, freaks out, goes to the Voltori and is like, I have news. The colons have broken the law. Yeah. And the Which Voltori she goes stoked. Yeah. And she goes all the way to Italy to tell them. Mm-hmm. Which I couldn't help but be like, do they not have a phone? I know. Arena is the worst. She's committed to being the worst. She really is. And she gets hers in the end. I mean, yeah. snitches get stitches and Arena it doesn't gets work out. hers. It doesn't work out because at the end of the day, they did not make an immortal child. Mm. It, it, it does come to blows. Like they do meet up um, to potentially duke it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Volturi versus the Colons. The Colons recruit all of their vampire, vegetarian vampire friends from all over the world. Mm-hmm. All of the uh, people that Carlisle has um, become friends with over the he's years. He's converted them to the gospel of vegetarianism <laughs> on his many missions throughout the world. And uh, I will say though, I wrote Carlisle has lived for hundreds and hundreds of years and he only has 18 friends. I know. What? Please. Come yeah. on, man. We get like Rami Malik, Lee Pace, Ooh. you know, the big guns showing up mm-hmm. in forks yeah. to stand as witnesses with Carlisle's family against the Volturi. Right. The Volturi, of course, being led by Arrow, played by Michael Sheen, one of the greatest actors of our time, who delivers some of the greatest lines <laughs> in film. In incredible yeah so they gather in this meadow for a battle it's like the same meadow where they had the battle in eclipse yeah stephanie meyer is obsessed with battles in meadows or (laughs) or potential battles in meadows that don't actually happen (laughs) but whatever arrow the volturi and their witnesses are there to decide what they're going to do to the collins and so edward and bella deliver renesme to him and he hears her heartbeat and realizes she's not a vampire. And the laugh that escapes that man's throat. I don't even know what to say about it. It's unlike any sound I've ever heard come from another human body. Like, it's I like, almost want to try to do it, but I don't want to disrespect Michael Sheen like that. I feel like I could very quickly find it and we can play it. I think it's worth it. Okay, I'm going to pull it up really fast. Arrow, Breaking Dawn, laugh. (laughs) Wow. So worth it. So worth it. (laughs) Like, the fact that he did that laugh in the first place, the fact that they chose it to be in the film. Mm -hmm. Dynamite. Perfect choices all around. Yes. So yeah, so they're gathered together. Is there going to be a battle? Isn't there? Alice shows up. 
she holds Arrow's hand and like shows him what will happen if he pursues a battle with the Collins. Yeah. And then it starts to play out, right? Yes. There's some conflict back and forth. They're messing around and then Carlisle attacks. Mm-hmm. So he leaps across the meadow. Arrow leaps toward him. When the when the bodies come down, Arrow is holding Carlisle's head in his hands, yeah. smiling like a freaking ghoul. Yeah, Esme lets out a silent scream, yes. <laughs> which is kind of weird. It's kind of freaky, then... honestly. But that's the moment in the theaters where I was like, whoa, what? Yeah. On my feet. Because this not... does not happen in the books. No, it does not. That is not how it plays out. I was freaking out. Because at yeah, that point, for sure. who, who's going to die here? I if know. they're willing to kill Carlisle, anybody is on the chopping block. <laughs> I know. Like, what are they doing? What is What are they doing with this film? Right. Yeah. The battle continues to play out. People die. I mean. Jasper like dies. Carnage. Uh, wolves die. I mean, people are dying. Yeah, a bunch of people in the Volturi die. Mm-hmm. And then, right as Arrow dies, mm-hmm. it, like, cuts back to him being shown the vision by, by Alice. Alice. And Carlisle is still alive. Yeah, This was all just happen. a vision. Alice was just showing him what could happen mm-hmm. and what would happen if he were to escalate things so just like in the book ultimately nothing actually happens but we get this crazy battle scene that we did not get in the book and it is so iconic it's not talked about enough it's truly one of the best like improvements to a book like yes so often the movies are so much worse than the book but in this case they made it so much better it would have been really boring yeah there's nothing there all the book yeah i mean i remember having read the books when they announced that breaking dawn was going to be two movies and then i saw the first one i was like what is left yeah and they delivered they delivered so hard i just love it i have so much love for this movie i do too just the other day i saw someone on twitter a just a random person being like i just watch this scene whenever i want to be happy and it was the battle scene for breaking down part two and i went to like it and i saw that you had already liked it. it's so true it's it just, just like pure serotonin yep yeah so you know the battle doesn't happen there's a little twist where this half vampire man shows up to confirm Hey, I'm like Renesme. I grew to adulthood. I'm half vampire, half human, and also immortal. Whatever, whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's all good. It's He's all like, good. I can eat human food or drink blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to have one or the other. So yeah. like he's not like a danger to anybody. Bada bing, bada boom. I will say though that the Volturi leave, but this can't be the end. I mean, like no. If anything, they're going to rally their strength more so that the next time they come against the Colons, like the Colons have revealed all of their powers now. Yeah. So I was sort of like, this is a little short-sighted. Like, this is your chance to end things. 
and you're choosing not to and i will say the little transylvanian vampire characters say the same thing they're like this is it we've got them on the run we gotta do it and i, I love those little creeps me too they're the coolest yep they're the ogs I know. Yeah, would love to hear more about what happens down the line. Stephanie Meyer, can we get like an actual update on this story and not yeah. some stupid gender bent bullshit, <laughs> please? But, Instead um, of rehashing Twilight again and again, just give us a new story. Yeah, yeah the talk clones about something are still else. alive. Yeah, our ears are Let's open. Our in. hearts are open. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I was thinking about, I realized that Twilight came out in 2008. Wow. Time flies when you're. When you're living and breathing. (laughs) And it just starts going faster and faster as you age. And Mm -hmm. the days get shorter. And, you know, what is there really? What's really going on? You know? Wow. What is there to do but rewatch these films and (laughs) let them bring you just a little bit of something. Make you feel so i can't even katie (laughs) anyway (laughs) i will say on a final note this episode is coming out the week of halloween days before halloween and i hope you've enjoyed our extra spooky content in the month of october we've really brought the ghosts the vampires we love to see it but even though Halloween is coming and going. We love this content. So mm-hmm. if you want to send us more ideas related to Twilight, send us your ghost stories, send us your paranormal experiences. Yes. We are here for it. We are year round spooky sisters. Yeah. We sure are. <laughs> so there is no season for such things. Absolutely not. Just bring it on send us emails at pleaseblesspod at gmail.com follow us everywhere at pleaseblesspod so that's instagram tiktok twitter you can like and subscribe on youtube mm-hmm. you can um where what else what else is there more is that everything oh rate and review rate and review mm, my friend please do we've got some great ratings on um spotify and some on apple on apple podcasts you can also write reviews so get to apple uh podcasts and please do we'd love that and really consider uh watching our podcast on youtube as well because it's a lot of fun yeah we just posted the episode about patriarchal blessings and the paranormal and there's a beautiful beautiful easter egg for the youtube viewers that you won't get if you just listen and that kind of thing happens occasionally you know we use our hands a lot i use my hands a lot Mm -hmm. so you're really missing out on that uh if you're just listening you should listen and then you should watch yeah do both yeah listen in the car watch before you go to bed at night well please bless stephanie meyer i guess yeah, but mostly, please bless Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, and please bless this podcast. Amen.